Welcome to the Macabre Podcast Universe. Here we go again. We're your hosts. Micah. And Jordan. And we actually have been married and are still married. <laughs> that sounded weird. <laughs> yeah, it did. Uh, and we're going to continue to be married. Yes. Agreed? Yes. Okay. I do. I do as well. Um, <laughs> Today we are talking about Age of Ultron. Finit finishing up phase two no no there's one more phase two movie what ant-man oh yeah which is you know it's kind of weird um why like this is like the you'd think this is the finale and then phase three the first movie should be ant-man right why do they why do they do that and then like um do you know why i'm not sure okay i'm not sure because i i remember watching ant-man and it's kind of self-contained i I don't know um, oh my gosh, this movie has just made, this movie Age of Ultron has shown me that the entire universe is more self-contained than I thought. Mm-hmm. Guys, opinions changing today for Jordan yeah. on this movie. What well, is it? Wait, wait, what do you mean? Because when I first saw this movie, I hated it. Uh-huh. It was so boring. And I like didn't didn't care about anything that was going on. And I forgot a lot of it because I was so bored. Yeah. And on this rewatch, there were so many things that we will get into that I was just like, that makes sense now. That makes sense now. Yeah. That makes sense now. All the stone stuff is pretty cool now. Yeah. All the, all the stuff that on before we saw Infinity War, I, I didn't care about or they're like. They're like Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we talked about last week, they're kind of like reverse uh, MacGuffins. Uh huh. Um, so let's pop right in. This one is a movie that's directed by Joss Whedon. So this is his second movie in the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. His first one was, of course, Avengers, and he kind of at this point in time was like the he was the kind of the creative guy. He was the Russo brothers um, at the time. Like it was him and Kevin Feige kind of running the studio. Mm -hmm. And as we'll see in a few minutes, this is when he also makes his departure because of creative differences. Um, and, uh, yeah, so this is directed by Joss Whedon, produced by Kevin Feige, written by Joss Whedon, music by Brian Tyler and Danny Elfman. Brian Tyler from Guardians. Uh, yeah. No. No. That's Tyler Uh, Bates. Yes, this is Brian Tyler from Thor The Dark World. Okay. Um, Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman did. Yeah, they both did the score. For this movie? Mm Mm-hmm. And then, uh... Danny Elfman worked with other people. Yeah, only Tim, uh, Robbins is what I was gonna say, but Tim Burton is the name you're thinking of, and the one I was trying to think of. Uh, (laughs) we got cinematography by Ben Davis, who did Guardians, um, and Three Billboards. So, if you listen to last week's episode, same cinematographer. Mm -hmm. Um, budget... Should you want to take a stab at it? We don't do it? guessing on budgets. I always want to get you to guess. Um, it's two hundred fifty million. Okay. Um, and then domestically, the movie makes four hundred and fifty nine million. Not bad. Five thousand eight hundred sixty eight dollars worldwide. It makes one billion four hundred five million four hundred three thousand six hundred ninety four dollars. And Not it comes bad. out May first, two thousand and fifteen. And that's not any of my production notes. That's just setting the table. And I was hoping you could serve the appetizer. Oh, with my stuff? Yeah. I don't have much, but I do have some. Okay. So you have, as the main villain, James Spader, who's 
been around the block before coming into this scene. Mm-hmm. Do we know if this is post Robert California or pre? Do we know? Uh, pre. Pre. Well, I guess if you really want me to look it up. Because I do just kind of imagine Robert California from The Office when I watch this movie a little bit. This is going to take me a minute because of you. Here, you you keep talking. I'll check it. Okay. Thank God. <laughs> um, well, now I have to get back to where I was. Uh-oh. This is a... Okay. So, he, he's he been around since like 1978 acting. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing that jumped out to me that he did in 1986 is Pretty in Pink, where he plays the... Bat, the mean boy, the bully boy, but he's also a prep boy. And if no one has seen that movie, <laughs> he's the mean boy. The po- he's also the prep boy. Okay. If no one's seen that movie, I'm not a fan of the movie. Uh-huh. I'll say that. However, it's worth watching because you see a very, very young James Spader, and you're watching him, and you're like, oh, he was a good-looking person at one mm-hmm. point, just because he's older now. Yeah. You know? And and his voice sounds 100% the same as it does today. There's no, like, it's not higher or less no, weathered no, or anything like that. No, no, it's like, he was the perfect casting choice for that role mm-hmm. because of his voice and the, and the weight. Yeah. So that always just, that really threw me off when I watched that movie. Yeah. I could go on and on about that movie, okay. but we're not today. I've never seen that movie. Um, Like I said, watch it just for him. Okay. Um, he's in Frasier. Star- oh, yes. Stargate. Yeah. Seinfeld. Yeah. The Office is Robert California. Which happened a couple of years before this. Okay. Yeah. That was right. Um, Lincoln. Oh, yeah. And I, I know people, huge James Spader fans, I am skipping over just like so much because he's in so many things. Yeah. Um, but this is like, I feel like our generation who might be listening to this podcast more mm-hmm. than other generations will probably be like, oh yeah, he's in that and that and that. Yeah. Um, well, and I think that there is, I think kind of an element of going into this movie with the knowledge of like the weirdness of Robert California. Yeah. I honestly think that's kind of in like part of the intention of casting him is like interesting. the, the, people who are watching that show and stuff like that i i don't know because there's there's kind of like a similar ideology in both of them i I don't know i Um, could be totally wrong it just seems it seems like there's a clear through line for me okay on those two characters okay i bet a lot of people would would agree with that um something that i found really interesting you don't though oh gosh something (laughs) i find i find really interesting is his only acting credit after this movie is blacklist yeah that's which the show's been around for a while is it still on air uh, it, I saw like 2013 to 2019. Veronica and Troy, if you ever listen to this, you could give us the answer. They're huge Blacklist fans. Really? Yeah, but that's it's interesting. I mean, he is the main character. There's just a lot of times when actors are even leads in shows, they're still doing other things. Yeah. But it's he. I think he just was he really committed to this. Yeah. And I've seen a couple episodes, and it's not bad. Yeah. It's not my kind of show, but it was definitely like thrilling. Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, and then you have. Aaron Taylor Johnson, who plays Quicksilver. Mm-hmm. We call him Quick Boy. We did call him Quick Boy. He has been around for a little while, too. He was He's not that old, though. He's only like four years older than us. Really? Mm-hmm. So he's in Shanghai Nights in 2003. The Illusionist in 2006. Kick-Ass, 2010. Kick-Ass 2, 2013. <laughs> Godzilla, 2014. That's the first time I saw him. Me, too. Well, unless you saw Kick-Ass before that. I didn't. Nocturnal Animals, 
after Age of Ultron. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting because I didn't realize that was him. Yeah. Um, He's so, a bad, bad dude in that movie. Oh, did it lose my spot? Okay, so then you the other the only other person that I looked at was Elizabeth. What's her name? Olsen. Yes. Okay. So she is sister sister of Matt, Mary Kate and Ashley. Okay. So she, but she didn't make it to triplet status. No, she didn't. <sighs> didn't quite make it. Dang. But she is in a Mary Kate and Ashley movie, How the West Was Fun. I have actually, Ooh, I have not seen that one. Have you that seen that one? That sounds like a good one. I was more into the Lost in New York one or whatever. Yeah, I think I Battle liked of, that one. Battle too. of New York. Mary it's Kate not. and Ashley Olsen in Battle of New York. No, it's not called that. I know. There is, uh, whatever. <laughs> Veronica, Veronica was very into Mary Kate and Ashley. Was she? Yeah. Um, and then she was in an episode of Full House as Girl with Flowers. Wow. Which isn't, her, her sisters are in that show. Yeah. Um, and then she's in, oh, she's in Kill Your Darlings, a movie I've always wanted to watch, but it always looks kind of boring to me. Kill Your Darlings. It's got Dainty Han and Daniel Radcliffe, and they're two poets. Oh, okay. And I think that. Can you show me the cover? Do you have it right there? Oh, I do not know about that movie. I've always wanted to see this movie, but I think it always kind of looks a little boring to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think I've heard it's good. Um, she is in Old Boy, the American version. She is also in I God- hate that they remade that movie. Yeah. Old Boy, it's just like, if if for the listener at home, it's just like such a, it's a Korean movie and it's really That's disturbing so and stuff. And it's just one of those movies where it's like, it's just a singular experience. There's no way you can replicate it. Yeah. I, I don't know. It just was so dumb that they remade that movie. Yeah. Jordan's favorite foreign film. Yeah. It is disturbing, though. It is. Be but prepared it's to very, be disturbed if you're going to watch it. It's not for the faint of heart. No. Some of the best action, though. Yeah. Very cool sequences. And then she's in Godzilla. That's yeah. right before Age of Ultron. And she is the... Her and Aaron Taylor Johnson are married in that movie. Mm-hmm. And but their they're, brother and sister, they're twins in this movie. Yeah, kind of funny. And then I forgot that she's in Wind River. That came That's out right, yeah. a couple years ago. Well, but, you know, she's also in uh, Avengers, Infinity War, Avengers. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm done. Okay, so I, I'm going to throw you just such an eye roller of a, of a production note. Getting ready to roll my eyes. Because... This is just like what you would say if you're ever going to make a sequel. Okay. So that people like will go, oh, wow, I'm excited. Whedon said, because he's talking about the two best sequels ever made. He goes, Whedon said he looked to Empire Strikes Back and Godfather 2 as inspiration. Why even say that? Of course you're going to do that. Those are the two best sequels ever made. Like That's ridiculous. It's <laughs> a little pretentious to me. Yeah, I mean, I mean... Although at the same time it was probably in like a long interview and that's probably just one of the things he said so I shouldn't yeah. hold that against him. It no, just... he's pretentious now. <laughs> um, Captain Marvel was in an earlier draft of the movie. Interesting. Um, but but they didn't have an actress yet, so they were kind of like, uh, let's not like rush into this character. Cool. Let's save it. Cool. Um, they almost filmed a scene where Hulk's jet is detected near Saturn. Um, at the end of the movie, but they decided not to do it because there's this really famous storyline called Planet Hulk, mm-hmm. where he goes to another planet, and I th- I think he like rules there or something like that. R- rules. Rules or or something like that, and then rules they... not rules. Rules. Okay, sounds like um, you're saying rules. Uh, I don't know if he rules there. Um, 
and I don't know if I'm still throwing you off with the way I'm pronouncing that, I but <laughs> but anyway, he's in this other planet, and it's called Planet Hulk. It's like the most famous Hulk storyline. Um, but they didn't want to like tease that. Oh. Although they they do draw inspiration from it in Ragnarok, because I think it's that kind of. Oh, idea. I didn't know that. That's yeah. cool. Um, Marvel and Fox both own the rights to Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, which are the two twins. And so they had to avoid calling them mutants for clarity's sake. Okay. So classically, Scarlet Witch and um, Quicksilver Quicksilver are both X-Men. So what's weird is at the same time, I think maybe even the same year, X-Men Days of Future Past comes out um, and Quicksilver's in that movie, but it's a different actor and he looks different and stuff that's like Evan that. Evan Peters. Yeah, Evan Peters, that's right. Um... So Disney, so I, I said that the budget was 250 I think, earlier. Something like that. But Disney spent $330.6 million on Avengers Age of Ultron from February th- 2013 to November 2014, but $50.7 million of this was offset by payments from the UK tax authority. A report on actual production costs for films from Film LA Incorporated indicated a gross budget of $444 million with a net of $365 million for Avengers Age of Ultron, this makes this the second most expensive film ever made. After what? Apocalypse Now? Um, I think... I, I'm not sure. It might still be uh, Spider-Man 3. And Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Spider-Man 3 was insane. Oh. But I, I don't know how they break down the new Avengers movies, if they're the, the yeah. most expensive movies. Because I think they're the most expensive, but since they filmed them at the same time, I don't know if it counts as that. I don't know how that breaks down but um and that's a direct quote from wikipedia um marvel wasn't into the hawkeye farm and characters experiencing dreams so whedon had to fight for those sequences i'm glad he did um eric joining in cave was a quote well you have to keep the cave scene or we are cutting the farm scene what cave scene so um so what what happened actually this breaks down a little bit further down here so this is a quote from Josh Whedon, because what what happened is once the movie comes out, Josh Whedon starts talking about how he had creative differences and he was not able to put out the movie that he wanted to put out. Um, and so he's like kind of upset. He's you typically had a good working relationship with Marvel and now he's like doesn't want to work with them anymore. Mm-hmm. So he says, quote, the original scene, that, now he's talking about when Eric and um, Thor go to that cave Who's in Eric? the water. He's the guy oh, from Thor yeah. the Dark World. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. Um, he said the original s- scene was that they went to speak to the Norns, um, referring to female beings in Norse mythology who control destiny. Basically, Norns are analogous to the fates in the Greek mythology. How it would work was he goes into the pool and the Norns possess him, basically, and Eric Selvig asks all the questions and the Norns speak through Thor, give the answers. The, th- the scene, as originally written and shot, didn't play well for test audiences, Whedon said. He has a couple of theories about that. First, the test audience saw an effects sparse early cut, and it's also the kind of scene that would work well in a Thor movie steeped in mythology, but not so well in an Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. Thus, almost all of that was lost in the theatrical cut of the movie. So they had him do this cave scene, and he wasn't really into the cave scene. Mm-hmm. But Marvel basically said, like, well, you want to do these dream sequences with all the characters, and you want to do this Hawkeye farm scene. So if you want those in the movie, we're forcing you to have the cave scene in the movie. So they they 
they like put him up against a wall on that yeah and so he was forced to put that in the movie even though he didn't want to put yeah. it in the movie and the original and that some of those were quotes from a polygon interview um the pentagon <laughs> um and the final cut of the movie was three hours and 15 minutes too long that was the first cut of this movie so that's that's all I got. Um, and then oh, that was much less than I th- than you made it seem like it would be. Yeah, I kind of real. I think uh, I think on Ant Man I have. Oh, there's a bunch on Ant Man too. Okay. Because, well, we'll get into it next week. Um, but you know, Ant Man was supposed to be directed by Edgar Wright and stuff. So, uh-huh. that all changed. But, um, so this is like the end of kind of an era in Marvel, and then from this point forward it kind of becomes the Russo Brothers show. For better in some cases and for worse in other cases. And I think ultimately we've landed in a pretty nice spot. But um, anyway, I want to kind of pay close attention to that as we're as we're going about on the rest of this episode because I think it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, so, jump into the movie. Okay. So the movie starts, they attack this Hydra base, and there's this one shot... I mean, it's really fake one shot. It's not real, but it's um, it's showing all the characters attacking all these people in like uh, some other countries, so like Eastern Europe, and yeah. there's, there's snow yeah. everywhere, and it's pretty cool. I will say the effects, some a lot of the effects in this movie are really good, but some of them are so bad. But some of them are so there bad. There are some like some good highs, and there are some big lows. Yeah, because I I like the first. I like the idea of the one shot at the beginning of the movie, but I think looking at it just four years later, I'm like, it's kind of an ugly shot. Yeah. Because it's really, it's just weird. Yeah, it's I, I couldn't it's put my finger on it. I, I would. It'd be fun to see those guys who, um, the Corridor crew on yeah. YouTube, like analyze the scene because it like, looks really odd. What I do like of that shot, though, is that the part when you all of the Avengers are in one frame and it goes and it slows mm-hmm. down, like that's very cool and very epic. And isn't that called a splash page on oh, um, comic know. books? Oh, what does that mean? I, I think um, that's called a splash page, which is a really cool thing that Joss Whedon is really good at. Um, let me make sure it's that. Splash page. Oh, no. It's not called that. But never mind. But is that <laughs> I, a thing? But but that that idea of like, you know, and in, in, in Avengers 1, there's that scene where the camera circles around them as they're all, like, gearing up to battle mm-hmm. in New York. And and this happens several times in this movie where it looks, they actually look like comic book panels, mm-hmm. but you're, but it's still alive. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, um. I remember we talked about in the Thor, the first Thor movie, how Kenneth Branagh did all those weird angles, mm-hmm. and they looked comic booky, but almost to a fault. Yeah. Where it's like, this is a different medium, like, stop doing so many crazy angles. Yeah. And but Joss Whedon visually has a really good understanding of like let's make this look like a comic book, mm-hmm. but then let's add this really cool slow motion movement. And then you know when all all of them are lined up, it's just like oh that's like when you just flip like the page in a comic page. book and yeah. you just saw you see this huge, you know when when a comic book like fills up a whole page or like more panels than usual and you see a big section like that. There's a lot of those in this movie, and yeah, I yeah, I'm into it. That's really cool. Yeah, I like I like that a lot. Yeah. So are they go? Are they there to get information from them? So they're there um, to I believe to recover the 
the um, scepter. That's right. The scepter from the first Avengers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which Loki stole at the no no Loki. How did they lose the scepter? I don't know. I whatever I'm not the bad guys end up with it, and they're dealing with it now. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then there's that weird thing that we want. I wanted to briefly discuss where Scarlett Johansson like jumps on this guy's neck and does does these like whip kick things, and it's just this weird phenomenon that happened. I think since Iron Man two where. When a girl is a bad guy in a movie, she is Not going to, or I mean, a good guy in a movie, she's at some point gonna jump and like face hug a guy's face with her legs and like break his neck with her legs. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's it's just like a weird thing that it's like everyone agreed in Hollywood. They're like, this is what girls do now in action movies. Yeah, <laughs> it's like okay. Um, I, I don't know. It's just one of those funny phenomenons that I don't think anyone consciously was like, let's do this, but it just is like here now. I would love if someone out there like knew why that was a thing. Yeah, because or- to, to me, I, I'm I'm thinking, and I, I don't mean to like just totally jump way forward with this mm-hmm. and like be out of line, but it seems a little sexual Yeah, to me. I think it's just... I think maybe that does play something into it, but I think it just kind of looks cool. But it's it's kind of like but like sexy cool. That to me, that's what yeah. I'm that's what I think of, and I could just be like way out of line thinking that. Yeah, I just think it's one of those things like when Jason Bourne or when the Bourne movies came out, and everyone was like, okay, now we're doing this kind of action, and everyone oh. just like decides to do it whether they're like conscious of it or what not. What kind of action would you say that is? Well, like the really like a lot of cuts, like janky, oh crazy thing. Which was cool in those movies, and then it was like it's gone too far. Yeah. Like, but now the John Wick series is like bringing like better action back. Because yeah. I think now people are like, let's do the John Wick thing. Yeah. Longer cuts, and actually, don't forget Mission Impossible too. Yeah, but I, I mean, well, no, yeah, there's a lot of physical. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Mission Impossible as well. Yeah. Um, and then this during this sequence, they're attacking, they're attacking this Hydra base and these other Iron Man people these other iron man suits like go into this town and they're like telling people to go away and you see that people are not too happy with the avengers being in there no specifically no, just stark specifically stark specifically stark because that plays into because the twins the scarlet witch and quicksilver are at yes. this base and the avengers don't know about them mm-hmm. and uh they're they're getting the scepter like like Tony is about to get the scepter. He's like right up there, and the Scarlet Witch like puts a spell on him, and she, he she reveals his worst fear, and it's all of the Avengers dead mm-hmm. as those huge alien ships are going to Earth to destroy it. Yeah. So, um, but to him, he sees it as like a prophecy almost. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it's just her like whatever his worst fear is. She's making it look like as a proce- prophecy. Yeah. Um, but uh. There, there are some like pretty interesting things with her that like with her character they do some things that I wish they would continue with her character throughout yeah. the series and some things I wish they like I'm glad they stopped doing yeah. like those weird horror movie cuts like that really weird cut oh yeah like I, I understand right when you're introduced to her they do these weird um like the grudge yes like quick cut things that look really it's just as, it's too out of place you can do like there are other horror movie shots that they think that they did that worked mm-hmm. with her that just doesn't work well but, and they don't really go any further with it beyond no. that one scene so it's kind of they like, do only like a couple more it? times yeah but like i wish that they used her mind 
powers more in the other movies. Yeah. I don't know how because it worked for the story in this movie. Mm-hmm. But in the other movies, it just looks like she has telekinesis. That's it. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, I don't want to spoil this yet, but we are almost at the point we're getting really close to where, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but where people's powers don't really matter anymore. Yeah. And I'll expand upon that later. The The teaser for that is the importance and the uniqueness of people's powers right around phase three starts becoming like it doesn't matter what powers you have as long as you can punch hard and i'm not even saying that in a negative way i think there's some legitimate reasons for why that is that i'll explain but i gotta wait until i get to the movie where i feel like it is worth discussing the most yeah um yeah so we see that the locals are not happy with iron man there's like graffiti in the background of iron man with like his face um like uh painted over and stuff like that and then uh, we get introduced to Quicksilver, and we get introduced to, and I thought Scarlett Johansson was going to take this this cake in um, the whole series from Iron Man 2, but he wins worst hair in the whole series. <laughs> yeah, he's got some pretty bad hair. It's very bad. Yeah. I mean, what kind of decision was that? Is I don't know. You know what's fun about Incredibles? Because Dash uh-huh. it has the same powers. Yeah, his hair is is the the artwork on his hair. It's like it's like brushed back. He has brushed back hair, yeah. no matter if he's running or not. But it's because of his powers. His hair is like that now. Yeah, and I think that is such a cool touch. I think if they I never did that, notice that. I think that if they did that in real life, it might look kind of dumb. But I mm-hmm. think they could have done a version yeah. of something like that that like showed a direct effect of his power would be more fun this just looks like he bleached his hair when he was 16 and hasn't bleached it since yeah and i i think they're going like okay he pro i mean i don't know much about his character but i'm assuming that he has a silver costume you know quick oh yeah you know but it's but if you're gonna do the weird hair like why not just commit to him having a really odd crazy costume that's yeah. what i would say yeah because he's wearing just like workout clothes yeah, he's just wearing like an Under Armour suit that's kind of like gray. And mm-hmm. then he has the dumbest looking hair I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And it looks like his hair looks bad on him. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it doesn't fit the, the actor. Yeah, he, yeah. And then you see a picture of him from earlier in, in his life and he has just brown hair. He looks normal. There was a, there was that like picture on a shelf and you're kind of like, okay. Okay. Yeah. Like either either make him look really cool or just make him look normal. Yeah. Don't don't go in between because it doesn't work. Yeah. And it, it's funny too because there's that scene later in the movie where he tosses his sister her red leather jacket. Uh-huh. And it's just the jacket isn't colorful enough to like make note of. It's just kind of a red leather jacket, jacket that, that she wears in all the movies that doesn't look cool at all. And it's like that's the one thing you decided to carry over from her I character. Know, I would argue that her costume at least in this movie looks witchy yeah it looks really boring to me yeah i'm I'm not like disagreeing with that i just think they've chosen to give her more of a witch looking costume and she just wears plain clothes it's not yeah. like she has a get up yeah but it's more like um there's a word for it for the style mm-hmm. but um she she looks it's just witchy looking yeah i mean i i could totally be wrong i just wish I don't know. It's like everyone else is so colorful and cool looking. 
Yeah. All the Avengers are cool. So why why does she have to look just like a normal person with like just a slight red hue to her? And then and then why in like the upcoming movies where everyone has all these crazy costumes and stuff they're like, yeah, and um, hey, uh, Elizabeth Olsen, um, yeah, we're gonna give you that red leather jacket again. You excited about that? Yeah, yeah, I know there's a guy over there that's like a totally different color as a human, and there's like Vision, and there's the Iron Man suit and stuff. We got you that red leather jacket again, though. Is you would think that like, <laughs> like okay, cool, I guess. You would almost think that Ultron <laughs> would like build them protective suits. Oh, that would have been cool. That's such an easy fix. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really understand why not. Yeah, they, that's like one thing that's so important to this whole series is like the new suit that a character yeah. wears in the new movie. So that's an interesting. It's an interesting choice. It's almost just like an oversight. Yeah, and it's it's it also is kind of weird in like a series where Iron Man can literally do anything ever. Uh huh. Why why can't he just give away two cool looking suits? If you're gonna have Iron Man be able to do anything conceivable, he's given away too many. Why can't he just give him like a specific specific suit, like a la Edna Mode from Incredibles? That well, looks firstly, cool. Micah, they wouldn't accept it for most of the movie. They're yes. not even really on yes. board with him I'm, until the I'm end. I'm kind of, of talking even beyond this. Um, yeah. But he's already given one to Don Cheadle and Gwyneth Paltrow. They don't get it anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I, I went on such a long rant about that. I, I didn't even realize I felt that way until right now. <laughs> I just think she's... I think that's half of the reason why I don't really like her character is she's not fun to look at. Yeah. There's nothing like exciting to yeah. see. Um, okay. So during this sequence, we also get introduced to the Hulk lullaby, which Scarlett Johansson... Mm-hmm. Um, like calms the Hulk down and gets him to become Bruce Banner again. Tony has his dream. And in his dream, Captain America says, why didn't you do more as he dies? Which is pretty cool. Okay, let's fast forward, though, because there's a lot of stuff that goes on. Yeah. So they're back at um, the Avengers Avengers. base. Yeah. And they're like, basically, they're... One, um, Jeremy Renner gets injured, and they're healing him by basically, like, grafting his own skin, like, back on him. Yeah. Which is just showing that that is, like been achieved in medical science that they can create human tissue or they can just create tissue i will say um to go along with what you're saying the the josh whedon does a really good job of like putting the gun in the cabinet yes so and what i mean by that for the listener is like if you're gonna have a character at the end of a movie pull out a gun from his cabinet and shoot someone you need to establish at the beginning of the movie or somewhere before that happens that there is a gun in his cabinet that way when vision's created you're not just freaking out that it's so dumb which is what i did the first time i saw it yeah um yeah so then meanwhile they're also like tony and um bruce are trying to figure out the scepter thing and they're they're they discover that the thing inside the scepter is almost like a living entity yeah, or it has the it has the opportunity or the possibility of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Tony's like, we should try and use that. Yeah, we should try and use it to protect the world. A suit of armor around the world. Yeah, which is such an interesting idea. Yeah, and and Bruce is providing the like, are you sure that's a good idea yeah. for all of these reasons? And uh, uh, Jarvis starts trying like, well, Bruce, Tony, and Jarvis are like working on making something like that even possible. Yeah. I just burped into the mic. <laughs> I've been burping off mic. Um, that one can't, you know how sometimes it just come without warning. Yeah, I know. Um, so then as they're kind of figuring that out and Jarvis is running through possibilities, there's a party celebrating that they got the scepter. Yeah. Oh, one, one thing though, before we take off, 
I just want to say really quick, I really like how in this movie, um, Bruce Banner, like, really gets to be a scientist. Yeah. Because it, I think it helps show um, how much he's struggling with being the Hulk because you see that this is, like, what he's actually good at. He doesn't want to be good at smashing stuff. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care about that. He doesn't want to be known for that either. Yeah, and it also pays off him becoming Professor Hulk in Endgame a little more, like, finding the best of both worlds and becoming, oh, yeah. like, a Hulk and i don't know yeah yeah like finding pretty, a balance pretty cool stuff yeah i, I like i like that about yeah it. Um, um, but yeah now we're at the party we're at the party everyone's having a great time i think it's cool that there are so many veterans there that because yeah. that was definitely like a very big choice that there are yeah, like a ton cool. of veterans there and um, uh they do that thing where um thor's talking about this 1000 year old liquor and he says like um no a mortal couldn't really handle it mm-hmm and then Stan Lee says, "Stop trying to scare us." And he's a veteran, and he takes us. Well, swig. what does he say? He's like, "We've done like we've been on Omaha Beach or yeah, something yeah, like that." Stop trying to scare us, and then he takes it, and then it cuts to like all the old men, like one minute later, completely blasted yeah. out of their minds after having like an ounce of this. Liquor. Yeah, that's a very cool funny touch. touch. It's also just that's actually some pretty cool world building. Like, oh, on Asgard, they have one thousand year old alcohol, whatever this is, and they're gods, so they can like take that I, yeah. I think that's actually like so cool i was thinking before that stan lee made his appearance that captain america was gonna drink it and it was gonna actually affect him because remember he can't get drunk oh yeah that would have been kind of a fun i like where they went with it yeah but i equally would have liked if they had done that mm-hmm. um anyway so then then you have a moment with um bruce and scarlet at the bar yeah and they're they're flirting and you're you're like okay this is a will they won't they and this will be uh, drive this will be an underlying thing throughout the movie of will they won't they because yeah. they have they i would say they have good chemistry yeah um and i would also say scarlet has done is a lot better in this movie yeah i'm gonna go so far as to say before we started this series i was anti scarlet johansson and i think i'm not saying like I'm going to go see a Scarlett Johansson movie whenever she comes out with a movie. But I will say, I think I misjudged her and her acting. Mm-hmm. Because I think um, in Iron Man 2 and Avengers, she was more a victim to how her character was written. Because as the series progresses, they get better at writing her character, and mm-hmm. therefore she's better. Mm-hmm. And so, the one like, thing- she didn't bother me at all in Endgame, because she had, like, an actual yes. strong, interesting arc. The only thing that bothers me in this movie is just her boobs are out the entire time. <laughs> Especially in this dress. It's just like, oh, there are her boobs, and then when later <laughs> later on when there <laughs> when there are some like robots attack, uh, we'll we'll get to that in a second but like bruce like falls into her boobs and yeah, it's they, like they pull the how the grinch stole christmas uh, i know and it's like shut up about that that's so ridiculous it's so ridiculous anyway they have chemistry and they're nice and whatever but it's the party's winding down and it's just the avengers now and everyone's trying to lift thor's hammer and i love this scene yeah because no one can do it not even iron man and don Cheadle together with their like iron man arms can do it and then captain america goes up and it's like oh i guess i'll just give it a try everyone else is trying Mm -hmm. and it's just it's such a perfect shot because it shows the hammer and then perfectly focused in the background is thor's face yeah and you you hear that (laughs) captain america barely lifts the hammer yeah and and thor's face just loses expression 
Yeah, and then and then Thor, Cap, like you see the hammer slightly move. Yeah, and then Captain America kind of walks away because, of course, you you like a mere mortal couldn't do it. Like, yeah, only one worthy of ruling Asgard could pick up the hammer, and he slightly moves it, and Thor loses all expression, and then Cap's like, ah, I guess I couldn't do it, and then Thor's like, oh. Yes, yes, yeah. Of course totally. not. Totally, no, no, yeah. no, no. And you can tell he's like, oh crap, he could, he could lift it, which then pays off in Endgame. Yes, when he, when Cap does wield um, the hammer, mm. and and Thor goes, I knew it. Yeah, which my sister pointed out, and I thought I totally misunderstood what she was saying, and I was like, I, anyway, you were right, Rebecca. That's all that to say. <laughs> yeah. you, you were you were right in that. Um, anyway. And there's also that great thing where Don Cheadle is kind of this like hilarious side character in the series. Like I don't remember him really being there that much, but he he's he's at the party and he's telling Iron Man and Thor or no, is it yeah, it's Iron Man and Thor the story and he's like, "So then I threw the tank up on the ambassador's porch and I said, "There's your tank." And they stand there and they're just going, "Okay." And he goes, "That's that's the story. That's the story." And they're kind of like, oh, yeah, that's a really good story. Because, of course, they have way better stories oh, than yeah. he does. And then it cuts to him later in the party. And he's telling people who aren't superheroes. And they all think it's amazing. Yeah. I so, think that's such a funny touch. So just it's funny that throughout the series, War Machine is kind of like, yeah, I'm as good as the Avengers. And then they do stuff. And he's like, okay. He's like, okay. They're <laughs> they're still great. Yeah. Like, he, he's no better than the Emery. Not like he means to be. Yeah. But it, it's, it grounds him as a person. But then throughout this, we cut to um, the um, Ultron is awakening um, and he fights off Jarvis mm-hmm. and he creates a robot form. And I do like... I like the whole sequence. It's cool. Yeah. And I, I like how they do the... I think this is what you're just talking about, but they do the sequence where he they're like in each other's minds mm-hmm. and you just see the lights going off and like weird computer stuff moving around and it's it's not it's like metaphysical mm-hmm. um which we haven't we have seen stuff like that in the series um but it, i don't know i like that a mm-hmm. lot and then he comes up to the party half like half created yeah and he threatens them basically oh my gosh and, it's, and let me just go off for a second yeah. about the the wonderful creation of motion capture because yeah yeah he you're you, you give james spader's voice which is just that's really if they had just done that no motion capture i probably would have been satisfied because i just love his voice he's a yeah. perfect casting choice which for that if he we need to find out if he narrates any books because we oh gotta listen to those gosh, he would be, be so great. good at narrating book um but not only that is his it's they they have captured because it's motion they've literally captured his man his james spader mannerisms mm-hmm. which is another reason why he's a perfect casting choice is because of the mannerisms that we see often just like him in other movies or TV shows. And like this part when he's like stumbling around and like it looks like he's bleeding, but it's just like oil like spilling yeah. out of him. It looks like he looks like a monster. Like this mm-hmm. is a horror shot. And his his head's kind of swinging around and it's like the first time he's not like it, it it technically is the first time he's taking in everything but because he is a computer he knows everything yeah already and you know he he even more which is more dangerous because he's an artificial intelligence he's like i have been created to protect the world and by protecting it i'm going i've decided that in order to protect it i need to force it to evolve yeah Be- basically because the avengers are too violent the humans are too violent 
the thing yeah. to do is to get rid of them mm-hmm. which is like i am on board with that yeah that's cool very very cool um then they fight him off, mm-hmm. you know, but of course he's in like the internet and stuff, so he, it doesn't hurt him in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when uh, Tony says that he he's like, he's talking about Earth and he's like, this is just Earth. Like he goes, he goes space. That's the end game. Mm-hmm. And Jordan and I like drop our jaws and we're like, no way. He first Easter egg, first Easter egg. <laughs> oh, besides knowing that the scepter contains the vision. Yeah, or not vision, stone. but the mind stone. Yeah. You said that, yeah. And then, um, and then he says, uh, "What what happens if we lose?" And Captain America is like, "We'll do that together," or or something. He says something like that, and you're like, "That's cool," because they do lose. Yeah, and they did it. They they actually didn't do it together, but then they have to like try again together. Yeah, and it's that group of people. Yeah. Which again is like it was such a smart idea on Infinity War to keep the original Avengers alive and like kill off yeah. most of the rest so that they could finish their story. Yeah. Um Bravo. Yeah. And then I got a note here that says accents so bad. You want to elaborate on that? Scarlet Witch, I mean and her brother, but more Scarlet Witch than anything. Is, I mean, they are Eastern European, so they have these accents, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. But like I said, while we were watching it, she should have taken a, a card right out of Scarlett Johansson's playbook and not have done the accent because Scarlett Johansson is Russian. Yeah, that's what and I don't she understand. Doesn't have an accent. They're like, there's three Russian people in these movies and two of them have bad accents. Mm-hmm. One of them doesn't have an accent who's ever. Who's the other one? The the twins in Scarlett Johansson. Okay, okay. And then Scarlett Witch just, I think in the next movie, just doesn't have one. And they never they never are like, oh, Scarlett Johansson doesn't have an accent anymore because she perfected the art of American accents because she worked in America forever. Yeah. They never like say anything like that. They're just like, I used to be, I was born in Russia, raised in Russia, but you don't have a Russian accent? Kind Which of is, weird. It's easily to like be annoyed by that. I would rather them not have it because it's very. I don't. Something about Russian, Eastern European accents in American movies. Yeah, if are they're really not distracting. Perfect. If they're yeah. not perfect, they're really distracting. So like her accent is pretty distracting. It's probably more distracting though because we know that she doesn't have one later on. Yeah. Um. So it's just such a it's such a weird choice. I wonder if someone told her in the next movie not to do it. Yeah. Because she becomes more important and like audiences did not like it yeah i i don't know what the what the thing is weird but um or maybe yeah i don't know um but there i have nothing against the actual russian accent in general i just no no there's something about that accent specifically where if it's not perfect it sounds really bad yeah um and i think that accent is easy to make it stereotypical yes yeah Totally. Yeah. <laughs> in the same way of like just doing like a Cockney accent for yeah. uh, Britain, you yeah. know, you're like, well, they there's other dialects there, yeah. you know. Um, and so Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch, they're teaming up with Ultron, and and because they 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 were their house was bombed, and they saw one of the bombs didn't go off, and it killed their parents. One one bomb went off, killed their parents. The other one didn't, and they were sitting there, and it says Stark on the side. Because mm-hmm. as we remember, before he changed his ways, he used to sell weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, so And this they said this happened 10 years ago, so like... 
Yeah, that'd this be was like, during the time when he was doing that. Mm-hmm. And so, but I think like it's interesting as the movie progresses and you see like they they have a personal vendetta against Stark more than anything, uh-huh. and, and the Avengers are just an extension of that. And then you see like a lot, like you said, by the end of the movie, everything happens because of Tony. Yeah, like he is the one who wants to create Ultron. He is the one who like does create Ultron. Yeah, and it's like. He, I, I would say he does it with pure intentions. He wants mm-hmm. to protect people, but he, it, it's kind of like a classic Tony thing where he rejects, even though he's doing it for to better people, he almost rejects that and cuts corners yeah. to get it done. And it's like this is a consequence of that. Like you're overzealous about it, mm-hmm. and you weren't willing to like work harder on it. And now look what's happening. Well, I think he works hard on it. He's just. He's just so ambitious. It's just the classic thing of like, if you have the power, do you use it to prevent things from happening? It's it's like what Cap says when they're at the farm where he's like, no good, nothing good ever came from someone trying to prevent a war. When they try to prevent yeah. a war, there's genocide. There's like yeah. murder and stuff like that. He, and so he's like, you just, he's kind of arguing like, you can't prevent wars. They just have to happen and you have to try and end them. Mm-hmm. Um really interesting point Mm -hmm. goes along with cap's good arc um and then somehow they discover ulysses claw ulysses claw andy circus yes and then i freaked the f out at this part because like i said didn't like the movie so i forgot a lot of it Mm -hmm. and i'm surprised that i forgot andy circus because i love andy circus especially at that time when i'd first seen it yeah yeah and um when I saw the picture, I was just like, there's a picture of him as yeah, a character. Yeah. How cool. Yeah, yeah. And then when they like go to meet with him, I was like, no way. He's like in the movie. Yeah. And, and one thing I, w- I wanted to say is they, it, it, what's kind of interesting about this universe and this franchise in general is you, you can have, cause I think when I first watched the movie, I was like, why would you even hire him to be in a movie yeah, for 10 minutes? Right. And it, Which and, it probably made me like the movie less for that reason. Yeah, it's kind of like, what the heck? But but I think the idea is that they have this huge universe and they put all these characters in there as long as they make sense so that they can be explored at future dates if people want to. Mm-hmm. And he's one of those characters where when they were writing Black Panther, they're like, yeah, he can play like a significant role. And so then not you go only, back and watch this and yeah. you're like, oh, cool. This isn't just a random... This isn't like they just hired Andy Serkis to be in black panther it's like no he was in the series before he's like been in the world already and what's like it's pretty cool like bigger than that is that's like vibranium becomes a thing yeah is it vibranium vibranium is that what it's um, called yes yes it's like we know that that's what his shield is made out of right yeah but it's like we we learned that it's bigger than that and yeah. i didn't understand at the time that it actually was Mm-hmm. It's because they're mentioning Africa and they all this stuff. They mentioned Wakanda. Yeah, so it's like, that's insane. And then not only that, we see how Andy Serkis loses his arm. Yeah, Ultron just cuts it off because he's mad that he compares him to Tony. And it's just like, I, that was like insane to me. I thought yeah. that in Black Panther, it was just a fun style choice. That's what I thought too. I I didn't remember him being in anything else. No. Although I think he might be in Civil War. Oh, really? Yeah, he might be. But I don't remember for sure. Okay. Um. But yeah, all all of that is it's it. The weird thing about this series that you and I keep coming up against is it. 
it doesn't reach its full potential unless you watch everything and yeah. then you watch it all again. Yeah. Like, because, I mean, if they continue at the trajectory that they're going at, like, when they finish Phase 4, and if we ever decided to, like, rewatch all the movies, we'd be like, oh, this movie's even better now. Yeah. Which, you know, the whole point of this podcast is just, like, learning about franchises and seeing what's good and what's bad. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing, but sometimes it does hurt the movies. I always think that it's good business-wise to make a movie rewatchable. Yeah. Because, like, if you make a movie with all these hidden things or a super complicated, but it's not boring complicated, like Inception, it's like that movie, one, is just incredible in all its ways, but also it's like people, I'm sure that's so... It's kind of boring, though, Inception. Don't even. I'm kidding. Of course, I um, love that movie. A lot of people, you know, like, (laughs) rented that movie, paid... People paid more money yeah. to to see that movie multiple again, times, whether again, in theaters, again. yeah, because because it was so interesting and intriguing. Yeah, same with this because it's so big. People went several times to these movies, yeah, and continued to like spend money on them. Mm-hmm. I think stuff like that is pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, I think it's really cool. I think a, a lot of this movie, and there were actually a lot of complaints when it came out. You know, like a lot of this the infinity stone stuff and like thor's dream sequence like since you don't see where it goes you're watching the movie and you're like can't you just make a movie that's a movie yeah why do you have to tease all this other stuff so i think there is that negative like frustration of like what are they talking about like asgard's getting destroyed or something but we now know the payoff but now we know the the asgard thing well they were hinting at that sort of thing oh okay Um, and so it's like now we know the payoff but 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 then it's like you you can't put too much of that in a movie it's because true. it does hurt it. It's true for sure. I think this one mostly works. Um, I think the Thor stuff. I don't know why he had to do it twice because he saw the dream sequence in the scene we're talking about right now on the boat with Ulysses Claw and um, Ultron because Scarlet Witch gives him a dream and it's like that's enough. You don't have to go to a cave to explore that more. I just kind of feel like they didn't know what else to do with this character. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the studio That's really true. wanted from he that. He doesn't really have anything to do he with He doesn't, movie. which I find interesting. Like, the only thing that, the only purpose that he served early on was he was responsible of taking the scepter back to Asgard. And as soon as that, <laughs> you're right. As soon as that was taken away from him, it, I don't know. It's like, oh, well, he has to wait until later on to actually do that, which obviously he doesn't get to do. Yeah. But that's kind of what was his only purpose. Yeah. It's so funny. I, I think of the Avengers, he is the one that like really not until phase three do they actually are like oh this is what we're doing with thor like they can't figure out what to do with him however he is important because he is like one he is like the only one who knows what an infinity stone is Mm -hmm. so like because there's a part in the movie when he's explaining what infinity stones are which has been explained four times already yeah (laughs) but i mean it's smart they have they need to keep explaining it yeah for all the other stuff but without him they wouldn't under because like the stone is is quanti- is uh, sorry created with like materials that are not of this world so yeah. we can't understand it that's yeah. why we need this god to tell us how that's how true. to understand it that's true he's he's like helping the macguffin more than anything yeah and then he has a cool hammer yeah but but it's kind of a bummer because i for me personally throughout like all the cinematic universe until ragnarok i never liked thor i thought he was like lame and stupid and then um 
his role in the Avengers, the Avengers three and four is like really significant. And and they finally, I feel like now they actually like know what to do with Thor. Yeah. And now I love him. I, he's like one of my faves. Yeah. And so when we go back, I like his acting and I like his Asgard stuff as we've discussed, but his earth stuff just is kind of like, okay, well, it's, I think forward. I think part of that, or big part of that, is he is too big for Earth. Yeah. So there's just nothing for him to do because yeah. he he is not of this world. He's beyond it. Not yeah. even because he's a god, but like he is royalty. What does he have, What does he have to do around here? Right. Besides protect <laughs> right. Jane, like that's kind of his only motive. I mean, now it's for this Infinity Stone, which is mm-hmm. pretty important. But he's just too big for it. Yeah. And that's that's why we like him later on because he's. It's finally gotten big enough for him to get involved. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, you just cracked Thor for me. You're welcome. You cracked him open like a dang egg. You're welcome. Um, so in this sequence, back to the movie, <laughs> um, Scarlet Witch gives everyone dreams. Let's fast forward through this. We've talked about it way too many Yeah, times. but uh, Black Widow is at the school, assassin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cap is um, at a dance, dance with Agent Carter back in the 40s, and then the room disappears. Well, people um, disappear in the room and he's alone. Yes. Um, Hulk comes out. Oh, yeah. So this is when Hulk attacks and like goes crazy in the city and Iron Man has to fight him with the Hulk buster scene. I kind of wish that scene was shorter. Yeah. Well, here's the weird thing about that scene. I think that scene got a lot of flack because it's just so gratuitous and they just like completely destroy a city, mm-hmm. which... They need to do be, to get the Avengers like off the grid because people don't like them anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think people are watching it and they're like, "Oh my gosh!" Like they just dist- like billions of dollars of damage. I almost just wish that they had flattened that building and then that was it. Yeah, but um, it's also and I'm sure this was already in pre-production, so I'm not sure this was a response to fans because I think they would have already been working on this. But if you remember in Civil War the destruction of Sokovia and the Hulkbuster area is the reason they want to register the superheroes. Oh, that makes sense. And that's why the civ- the Civil War starts between the, the superheroes. So it's one of those things where like when you watch it without that knowledge, you're like, this is way too much. Mm-hmm. But then when you watch it with that knowledge, you're like, pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway. Civil War just got a little bit more interesting <laughs> for me, about 2%. 2%. Uh, then they go to Hawkeye's house where we learn he's got a family he's got a kid and the whole time previously he's like oh yeah i wish i had a girlfriend or like i can't get a girlfriend or yeah but then we just plan it off he's got a dang wife he's got a dang daughter he's got a dang son and she's pregnant with another son his wife is not the son did is that what i said it sounded like you said he's got a daughter and he's got a son who's pregnant with another son (laughs) (laughs) well he's a mutant he's a mutant no no uh yeah um so then so it's like right after the big huge scene this is kind of like the beginning of act two yeah um like a breather because there has been a lot of stuff going on and it's almost like <laughs> yeah. a catch-up of what's going on i'm gonna kind of speed through this because i feel like we've been talking for so long but you yeah. have captain america and tony fighting about something and then to uh, uh hawkeye's wife asks tony to go work on their tractor and then you find out that nick fury's here. here um and then he is here. Why? Be, well, it was like a safe house for him as well, I think, is okay. the idea. Um, and also, one thing that's just kind of cool is like the Avengers are so, like they have so many issues and stuff, and Hawkeye's just got his head on his shoulders. Yeah. 
And that's I like Hawkeye nice. more, and I always, I never, I liked never him. liked Hawkeye, and I'm liking him more. Oh, All I did like him. In, I liked him in Endgame. Like. Oh, he's really. good It almost in Endgame, like he came to fruition in Endgame for me, but this just actually makes it better. Yeah, for me. And it is cool that he addresses later in the movie. He's like, "I'm a guy with arrows. None of this makes sense." Yeah, and you're like, "Okay, cool. You just said you the know thing it. that I thought." Yeah. Oh, and before that, there's a really, really good character development scene between um, Bruce and Scarlett Johansson. Yes. Um, where she's like, like basically, I want to be with you. And he's like, you can't. You'll probably get killed by me by accident because I'm yeah. green and mean. And and he's like, also like, I can't give you this, like a family and a house. And she's like, I can't give you that either. Yeah, because she can't have kids. She was sterilized when she was an and assassin. And she's like, she's just some heavy really good acting because her crying is good yeah and you and also so does mark because you see oh, that yeah. expression on his chase where he on his chase on his face where he under he finally understands like she's fighting for him yeah and she wants him and i, I it's just such a great scene it almost feels like they really had this figured out and then later people were like nah <laughs> yeah yeah i wonder what we'll think later on yeah. like if it'll be like okay this this is interesting take on all of this yeah but who knows right now um but anyway so why is so then they're all st- sitting in the house with nick and what is nick talking to them about um he well he says something to the effect of um like we're tracking ultron and we have like i can help you figure out a couple of places to find him or something like that okay and then that's when they they leave um, and they go chase the semi where Ultron is creating his vision, mm-hmm. um, like his physical form mm-hmm. with the um, Infinity Stone. Mm-hmm. And he goes to that to the woman who was help who was healing Hawkeye with that medical science of like creating tissue. Yeah, and he does the Mind Stone thing from Avengers where mm-hmm. it like makes her uh, mind control submissive. Yeah. yeah, so she she is creating it. Yeah. Um, and then the Avengers show up yeah. to stop him. And then and then there's a, uh, that sequence where they're chasing on the semi. Really cool. And this is in Korea. Something I said that I really yeah. like in this movie is they, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's a good mark of an action movie because action movies get away with it. Yeah. They can go literally everywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. And it's so fun. So they finally, because in the other, in the first Avengers, it all takes place in New York. Yeah. But this is like. the right call. Yeah. But this one, it's like, let's but get like, out of there. They take, pla- they take a place, sorry, it takes place in South Africa for a little bit. Uh-huh. And it looks like South Africa. Then it takes place in South Korea for a little bit. And it's like, that looks really cool too. Yeah. And then it takes place in wherever that place in Eastern Europe is. Yeah. Which is like just Sokovia. several different yeah. locations, and that's the reason why like the Bourne series and Mission Impossible and John Wick, like why they're so interesting to me. A part yeah. of it is because they they like the culture becomes part of what's going on. Yeah, it's just a, it's a fun opportunity to use it, and they they yeah. use it in this movie. And it, and just on like a totally basic practical level, it you can just look at different things, so you're more visually stimulated that and it's showing that what the avengers do protect or affect is global is global yeah not just new york think think globally act locally yes reduce reuse recycle yes um so then like scarlett johansson jumps out of a plane on a motorcycle which is cool and scarlett witch and quicksilver realize what ultron is doing that Um, he's gonna kill everyone yeah and they switch sides Mm -hmm. which is cool um and they get vision 
and that that's cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and then and then they debate on whether they should make because Tony says I have a question. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 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 well, okay. One one quick second. Okay. So then Tony. So th- they're back. They've retrieved the body, and it, and uh, Ultron didn't upload his whole self to it yet. So it's not and, done. And then Tony's like, we could finish it, but we can upload Jarvis. I found him. He yeah. didn't get killed. Yeah. He was in the, you know, the ether or whatever. Yeah. And he, not the ether. That's an infinity stone. Yeah. He was just out there like hiding. Um, well, like Ultron had just taken him apart. Yeah. Like dismembered him. Yeah. And, yeah. But I, didn't he say something like it was, it was like a fake program to like trick him so he could hide him. Well, yeah. It was also like Jarvis wasn't dead and he knew jarvis knew that he wasn't dead but he didn't know what to do yeah like jarvis couldn't have put himself back together it had to have been tony who found him oh okay i think that's what how i didn't, we I explained didn't catch it. that okay um so i have a question yes so you know like tony tony convinces bruce to help him finish this yeah to finish vision and then like all the avengers show up and are like this is bad they're like this, this is what... the same thing that just happened what are you doing yeah and then why does thor come and finish it because he saw the vision in the cave okay where it was like he saw the stones and there's that cool little image of the infinity gauntlet yeah um so does that mean he's like oh if we create this then that can't be done in his mind i think so like I, someone's I, not gonna get I all think of them it's one of those things that we have to do a lot of assuming but it's never really set well okay. no he does say a line of dialogue i don't remember what it is though because remember he shoots his lightning and it like makes vision really fast yeah, it's like Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah, which you said, which is cool. Um, um, yeah, I wonder if he, if he's like, it's better to create one Infinity Stone. It's better to like um, finish this Infinity Stone thing rather than like have someone collect all of the Infinity Stones. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. So yeah, so then Vision's created. Yeah, and he comes out and he says, I am, I am, which is interesting. Yeah. Little... little on the blasphemy side. Yeah. But but it is interesting because he is like a god in a certain respect. And he picks up Thor's hammer right off the bat. Yeah. So then I think that lets everyone know and the audience is like, no, his intentions are good. Yes. Yeah, that's a good point. So, yeah. Um, and they've already established earlier, like gun in the cabinet thing, that it's like no one can pick it up unless they're worthy. And yeah. Vision is worthy. Yeah. And I think vision creation is really cool and the thing that is just so mind-blowing to me first iron man movie 2008 this is um seven years later like they i don't know if they planned on actually making jarvis vision at some point but they hired someone in 2006 when they were casting iron man what's that guy's name paul bettany yeah to be the voice of that and he was just being a voice actor and now he is physically in the series it's pretty cool. I think that's so cool. I have one single issue. Yeah. That's very, it's just more aesthetic than anything. Yeah. The cape thing still was annoying to me. <laughs> and I think it's because like, I know that capes were created a very long time ago in comics because they look good. They, they well, Incredibles look like, ruined capes for everybody. They did. They did. <laughs> but you know, they look like a superhero if they have a cape. I know not all of the Avengers have capes. I know yeah. that. But like, why does he need to have a cape? I'll tell you why. Okay. Because he probably has a cape in the comic books. 
yeah it's just it's just like at this point in this day and age it's so impractical to me the only reason it makes sense for thor to me is because he is like royalty oh maybe he's godlike who thor and vision is godlike and royalty as well yeah but he's a computer he can get over it yeah but actually if you put it that way it's kind of cool that both of them have capes also see i think if i go back to my scarlet witch and uh bobo head um (laughs) announcement (laughs) quicksilver yeah they both it's like okay so you're gonna have a guy come out of a computer be created he looks amazing i love his makeup and design and then he's gonna create a cape but they can't look even remotely cool yeah just make them look cool if if vision is gonna be in the same movie come on yeah maybe they need people to look so stupid so that vision would look better (laughs) also black widow has been captured at this point by ultron yeah and then we go to Sokovia. We're at the final oh, battle. Oh, wait. Ultron does a cool thing when he has her that I liked. When yeah. Scarlett Johansson wakes up and he's and he's like, oh, good. You're awake. And and she's really confused because she doesn't know where she is. But she oh, knows she's with Ultron. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, you can see what I'm doing because there's no one else here to do it, to watch. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's interesting because he is sentient. Yeah. And he is like, he has pride. Like, he wants people to, like, <laughs> yeah. glorify him yeah. and what he's doing. In a way, he's godlike, but yeah. in, a in like, a, a bad way. Yeah. And I think I love that part of his character. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a good villain. He's a really Pro good villain. Pro-Ultron. Um, not his ideology, though. No. So then they start evacuating Wait. Sokovia. Well, they, we'll get into it later, I yeah, guess. Yeah, they, d- they know that he's over there. Yeah. Um, and he's going to, you know, we find out he's going to lift up the city and drop it, which will cause... Create like, a meteor. Create a meteor, destroy the earth. Yeah. And so the Avengers have got to stop him. And there's a lot of fighting here. It's a lot of people that they have to evacuate. Pretty decent action sequences. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really have any issues I don't feel like it. I got that bored, actually. I didn't. During no. this one. Um, and then there's that the really cool scene where they're all fighting off all these like flying Ultrons and mm-hmm. it's a one shot again mm-hmm. and it's floating around them. That looks really cool. That's cool. It's This is again where it's going to get hard. Like we shouldn't describe it. Yeah. Like, I'm kind of like skipping all the There action. is this one extra that they keep showing us this woman and her son and she's wearing this nightgown and it's just like very revealing and they keep showing her <laughs> and it's like, why? Uh-huh. Odd odd choice to me yeah continue with whatever it's else. always kind of odd in movies like this when they follow um a non-speaking like extra extra for more than one shot mm-hmm. to me it, it it is me too um i i know sometimes they're trying to show like a specific one that they're saving mm-hmm. but it's weird when they like cut back to them later i don't know it's i almost always like just find did that... they not have as many extras as they wanted like that's yeah well i think they're day. trying to personalize it but i'm yeah. like you've gone this far like i don't need you to personalize what's happening yeah that much um, um something about ultron that i do like like that i get on board with him as a villain is he's he has one of those motives that are like um like to him it's like a good solution and technically it is a solution to the problem mm-hmm. but it's not the right one yeah and yeah. he believes in it and it's not that he like i mean i think he does have like hate hatred inside yeah. him for like the avengers and stuff and i think that he, a part of him does like not like humans because of what but it's because of what they're capable of they're capable yeah. of bad things but he is like rejected to see the good yeah so his it's, it's just a cool motive mm-hmm. and he so he's not like you know, he's bad, but he's not, like, 100% bad. Like, he has intentions. Yeah. Like, some good intentions, too. 
Totally. Um, then Friday, um, Tony Stark's new voice in his head comes in, and there's no explanation. That's no. an issue I have. Small one, but yeah. it's just kind of weird. Maybe they address it in the, later. Maybe. You'd think they'd address it then, though. That yeah. must be in the three hour and 15 minute cut. Yeah. Um, and then the helicarrier comes in because they realize the only way to save these people is to escort them off of this island mm-hmm. that's flying in the sky. And so Nick Shield, Nick Fury comes up and he's like, I got a shield helicarrier. And there's like shield workers. And the only thing I can think of is, oh, so the entire ramifications of Winter Soldier don't matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- that's that's actually like probably my biggest complaint with the movie is like, okay, so Winter Soldier went to all this trouble to establish that S.H.I.E.L.D. got destroyed. And then, you know, it's like, well, they only had one helicarrier, but they still were able to save like the whole city. And it, it that feels like a total like take back. You think so? To me. To me, it does. It's just kind of like, no, shield should be destroyed. And they even like intentionally, Nick Fury was like, no, we're done. Yeah. And now they're just like, and shield's back. Yeah. So I'm like, that's probably my actually biggest complaint with the movie. Yeah. Because you're just, it doesn't. Why couldn't they just have created a new organization with a new name? Or just done something else. Like, yeah. n- like if Nick Fury had to figure out something else to do. I don't know. It. I don't know what the solution is, but it just. It, it's, it's a kinda, cop out. Yeah. And it kind of like takes away the stakes of what they they set up they're Mm -hmm. just like oh actually never mind okay yeah so we had one extra helicarrier and now shield's just back and it's good and they have workers and yeah there were like a ton of people on the ship and outside of the ship and stuff i like okay so it never stopped it didn't stop and he didn't intentionally think i'm gonna destroy shield so winter soldier kind of a pointless like addition in a lot of ways yeah so don't like that Quick boy dies. Um, Hulk flies away to a different planet. Um, and uh, I feel like you can hear my breathing. <laughs> probably. I mean, it's a microphone. But yeah, Hulk flies away. Scarlet. Uh, Quick boy dies, and Scarlet Witch is like really sad about it, and she kills Ultron. They're able to destroy the island. They succeed, and then Tony and Steve... Well, they destroy it, but it it all falls like in the ocean. Yeah. Tony and Steve have this discussion about how, um, like, Cap can never settle down because his home is the military, and he never, um, like, he he was frozen for the time that he should have been living his life. Um, And then Steve, I mean, uh, Tony is like, Maybe one day I'll be able to have that cabin and those kids and stuff like that. And then when you watch Endgame, you're like, they both like were able to complete. The, they were able to get that thing that they didn't think they could get. Mm-hmm. Which that that ending, Jordan and I were just like, oh my gosh, that's mm-hmm. so much better now. And then the movie ends, and the post credit scene is Thanos reaching into a, his kitchen cupboard, grabbing the, <laughs> <laughs> grabbing the Infinity Gauntlet, and saying. I'll do it myself. And he still looks really purple and pretty bad. Yeah, his face is still too big. Yeah. I think something, too, that, like, I never... It just was, like... I never liked and watched these movies the first time is you see, like, a couple Thanos cutscenes, and you're like, okay, so he's definitely, like, gonna be, like, the the bad guy of all bad guys. How many more movies do I have to watch before we get there? 
Like I always felt that yeah, way. Yeah, I but felt that too. At the same time, it's like it's cool now. Now, like this now is what we're cool. talking yeah. about because we're doing all these watches, and now it's exciting. But yeah. the first time watching them, it's just like, oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Well, and I think because his design wasn't totally figured out yet. Yeah. I remember, but I we discussed this on our way to Infinity War, where it was like, I don't know how I'm actually gonna like this character because he's just a big bad twirly mustache bad guy and then you find out he's like one of the most interesting characters in Mm -hmm. the whole universe Mm -hmm. so as movies go i like it i think it's pretty good i'm i'm really not crazy about this movie um i i would put it well we'll do our ranks tomorrow i mean not next Next week week. (laughs) (laughs) um but i i there's like a lot of good there's something about the movie i can't put my finger on that like just doesn't excite me mm-hmm. um but generally i think it's a good movie i enjoy this much much more than the first time i saw it yeah i think because of all those little easter eggs made it yeah. all better for me i liked ultron much more this time um and i just overall just understood it all better this time around yeah so i i enjoyed it more and i think i think as a as watching this in, in in a sequence, I think we're now kind of at the point where you just have to watch all of them. Yeah. Like from here on out, it's kind of like, I mean, there's still like, you could probably skip Ant-Man. Yeah. But still to get the whole story, it's, it's really starting to get complicated at this yes. point. Cause you know, that was one of our things when we started this is like, okay, can you just watch the Iron Man movies by themselves? Can you just watch the, these movies by themselves from this point on? It's pretty much like, sorry you got to watch all of them yeah i mean you can you can still fudge it a little bit i would get rid of that man i don't think you need to watch it for any reason uh, no 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 yeah the Uh, only the only reason to watch ant-man it would be the second one and only because of the quantum space which you don't you don't really need because they they explain it well in the they do explain it pretty well in endgame yeah but that's the only thing i can think of just read a synopsis so you don't have to watch it although the last sequence in that movie is cool where they're no. fighting and the cars are getting big and small. Anyway. Okay. That's it. We did it. <laughs> thanks, thanks for listening to this one. I hope we hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. More this time around. And, and we mean the movie, not the podcast. I we hope, hope you enjoyed the podcast. But we hope that you're watching along. But if you're not, we hope that you're just enjoying listening to us talk about movies. Because that's what we love doing. Talking about movies. Yeah. Next week, we're hitting up Ant-Man. And should we announce this week what our next series is going to be? No, we have to do it in the last... Well, that way, if they need to get a hold of the movie, they can... That's what we did last... For, okay, um, fine. I just want to announce. Okay. Guys, next week we're doing Ant-Man. The following week, we are starting a five-part series on the one and the only, the green man himself, Mr. Shrek. We're doing the Shrek series... And I, my first thoughts are I feel like I'm not going to like any of them, even though I liked them when I was a kid. I'm just worried. So somebody once told me the world was going to roll me. See you guys later. (laughs) 